Ramblers, let's get rambling. Of my podcast, the home of Intelligent Rambling, right here on Talk Show Network, one of the longest single hosted pop culture podcasts in Ontario. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Russell Hale. Got a terrific show lined up for you today. Lots of things to talk about as the summer is winding away and almost winding down at the time of this recording. Where, where does it go? I like to know. Lots to talk about on today's show. Before we get into that, I just want to get in some news. <laughs> things have been happening. In between this and the last episode. Of course, at the time of this recording, the writers and actors strike is still ongoing. And I don't know when it's going to be over. It's it's kind of scary to think that Hollywood is kind of on hold right now. And, you know, there could be a major delay when it comes to, you know, movies and TV shows in the not-too-distant future. So that that's going. One thing that does interest me uh, as well, I make a note is that Disney has decided, <laughs> in its wisdom, to to now, uh, as of the time of this recording, all to cease any physical media distribution in New Zealand and Australia. <laughs> yeah, so so uh, as of the, the, the release of Guardians of Galaxy 3, that's it. That is the last physical, new physical media that's going to be released in those countries. And once it's done... It's done. They're not going to replenish stock or anything. And it's kind of interesting because they did this in Latin America back in 2020. So now that's all of Region 4, if you're going to Region 4 codes, that, that are not going to be distributed in those countries. So that's a weird trend. I don't... I, I pity the poor Australians. I mean, it looks like they're just going to have to import every physical media that they want. And of course, they're doing this because it's a big push to streaming, right? But... You know, Ramblers, I've said this for the longest time, and I will stand by this. The problem with streaming media, okay, is it's great to have a backup of portable copy. But when you have, when you solely rely on streaming services, what happens? What happens is you're relying on that streaming service to keep whatever you like. And, and if they decide to yank it, it's gone. If you don't have physical backup, it's gone. <laughs> and, and that's what you're gambling on. To me, it's, it's like, you have a friend who has a lot of stuff, and you like the stuff that they have, and you pay to have access to their stuff. But that friend can say, you know, I don't want this anymore. I'm going to sell it. I, you know, I, I don't want. I don't want to have, own this anymore. And once they get rid of that, you don't have it because that friend got rid of your that stuff. So it's, uh, it's, it's. I don't know. It's it's a sad state of affairs. And also, Disney announced that uh, they're finally going to be distributing some of their Disney Plus shows, starting with WandaVision. But, but my friends, there's a catch. They're going to be bringing out a steel book of WandaVision. Really pretty. If you look on the internet, you'll find it. And they're going to charge 38 bucks for it. $37.99. But it's going to be a discless steel book. Yes, Ramblers, nothing. No disc. Just codes for the season, I'm guessing. A few little papery extras. But that's it. No physical media still. So you're like, 
okay, we're going to pull it off of Disney Plus, and we're going to let you have it, but you can't have a disc of it. <laughs> and I don't understand this move. What's going to happen? And I'm going to put my little business hat on. You know what's going to happen, Ramblers? You know this. You know this is going to happen. People are going to, if this is sold in like a major box store, right? Any one of them. You know, the big W or the big T, right? And people are like shopping, do, 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 do. Oh, and they see a steelbook on the shelf. And they yank it and throw it in their cart. Do, 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 do. And they check it out and they go home, right? And they go, I'm, oh, look, I got a steelbook of WandaVision. I'm just going to pop it open and there's going to be no disc. <laughs> what are they going to do? What are they going to do, Ramblers? They're going to take that empty box back to said store and go, where's the disc? And unless they actually label on the packaging disc lists, there's going to be a lot of returns and a lot of PO people. And, and I don't think this is going to turn out well. I, I don't, I need this. I, it, it's just, it boggles my mind that people in, in high powers make these decisions and they think that makes sense. So that's some entertainment news for you guys. I, 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 I think this idea is, you know, unless people really want to pay, you know, 40 bucks with taxes or so for an artsy, fartsy, empty box to sit on your shelf. Yay. But no hard pass for me. So that's just a bit of news for you all that I would cover this week. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Lord mighty, I have been a busy boy. Uh, between shows. On the show this week, we're going to go uh, back to the past, but into the future with two uh, two uh, two sets releases from the great folks at Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. And that is the Venture Brothers, the complete series on DVD, as well as the brand new film, feature film, the Venture Brothers, Radiant is the Blood of the Baboon Heart on Blu-ray on this week's show. So we're going to do some major, I mean major catching up with the Venture Brothers. We're going to go from the Venture Brothers to a little vacation with the Chevy, with the National Lampoon's Vacation on 4K Blu-ray, courtesy of Warner Brothers Pictures Home Entertainment. And then, uh, you know, we go from a vacation across America to a vacation, if you will, in a way, to the land of the King of Mushrooms with the Blu-ray review, the power-up edition of the Super Mario Brothers movie, courtesy of Universal Pictures Home Entertainment. And, and along with the movie, it's a, uh, it's, there's a giveaway coming as well for two, not one, but two digital copies of this film, courtesy of Universal Pictures Home Entertainment. So a lot to talk about in this episode of the show. Stick with me. And uh, we'll take a typical musical interlude and write up the first review of the show. My DVD review for this episode is the Venture Brothers, the complete series, as well as the Venture Brothers movie, Radiant is the Blood of the Baboon Heart on Blu-ray. Also courtesy of Warner Brothers Pictures Home Entertainment. Warner Brothers Pictures Home Entertainment provided me a copy of both these videos to review for the podcast. The opinions I express are my own. We're going to start things off with the Venture Brothers, the complete series. Now, this uh, started uh, airing in 2003 on Adult Swim. Now, a lot of you don't know Adult Swim, it's kind of like the... Um, it's the adult animated uh, portion of the Cartoon Network that, that aired a lot of shows. And it seems to be a trend lately 
that they seem to be uh, releasing a lot of these older collections of series and then making a new movie to go along with it, which uh, is interesting. Uh, there's revival in it. Now, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Ramblers. I didn't check out the show when it first aired. It just, I don't know. You know, there's only so many shows. I am one dude. I can't check out everything. So I, you know, I maybe didn't, I didn't originally see this show when it aired originally. That's just me. You know, I, I can't be everywhere. But I'd, I'd heard about it. And it was cool. I love when I get these, these, these complete series sets. It allows me to catch up. So this aired over seven seasons. It had 81 episodes and four specials. Because it's one of these shows that kind of had a little bit of gaps in between there. And it was created by Jason uh, Jackson Republic, uh, Public. And, and written by Jackson Public and Doc Hammer. And they do a few of the voices as well. This revolves around the, the Venture family, which consider, which is Rusty Venture is the scientist head guy. You have his two sons, Dean and Hank. And you have their um, bodyguard, Brock Samson. And then the various other characters that exist in that area. And this series really takes a poke <laughs> at the whole boy adventure format. If you're like me, you know, you're old enough, you grew up with like Johnny Quest. <laughs> this really kind of pokes fun at that genre and that kind of feel. It's like this, this series happened in that kind of world. Well, what happens if a boy adventurer grows up and has kids? And, and there's a lot of references to other things in this. Like there, <laughs> there's definitely an older version of Johnny in this. And I'll tell you, he hit some hard times. <laughs> so it, it, it kind of is in that world, along with you no know, uh, secret spy in, uh, agency, uh, criminals. So it, it really kind of pokes fun in a lot of genres at once. And, and it's, it's, it's definitely not a show for kids. Uh, I mean, it, it has a lot of adult references. In season three alone, oi. <laughs> It's a lot of, um, let's say, um, uh, frontal male cartoon nudity in it. It's like by the third season, you're like, ah, you know. <laughs> and it's like, okay, just because you can. Uh, and and it's it's very much that kind of making fun of it. Because Brock Samson is kind of like a race bannon. Oh, and race bannon does show up in this run of the show. <laughs> If you have fond memories of Ray's Bannon, if you're like a really big fan of his Johnny and, and the Johnny Quest, uh, let's say he gets the short end of the stick <laughs> in the show. Oh, Lordy. No, not talking like 21. Uh, and, and it really kind of pokes fun at the whole kind of superhero genre. There's a hero. I believe it's Captain Sunshine. Uh, in one episode, voiced by Kevin Conroy, the late, great Kevin Conroy, who's like, he's sort of like a Superman, but the, the connotations <laughs> they put with him are <laughs> interesting. And you have to think for a minute, because it's not Kevin Conroy, like, doing the Batman voice. So it throws you off a bit, but if you listen close enough, you're going like, oh, yeah. And, and it's a really interesting cast of characters. You have the monarch, who is is just uh, an over the top villain, and his his girlfriend, uh, doctor girlfriend, who speaks like this. She's a woman, but she talks like this, which is really weird. But you kind of get used to it. <laughs> 
And that that's <laughs> I know I know it sounds weird, but that's how she talks. Uh and and it's a, it's a it's a fun little show. They also have a character called Doctor Doctor Orpheus, who speaks like this, who is really kind of a, a rip of Doctor Strange. So, and, and they make references. I mean, Batman is mentioned more than a few times because Hank's a fan. Uh, and so there's a lot of elements to this. It's, it's a fun little show. It, it takes a bit getting used to. It's one of these shows, I like to say, it's strangely compelling. And it was really one of Adult Swim's longest-running original series in terms of years, and and it and it and it was uh, a, a record for the fewest seasons produced of a scripted show per year of continuous production. If that makes sense. So so it it, it they had a very odd schedule with it because you know it, it started in two thousand three. That was like uh, 2000, 2003 was a pilot. Then you had the first season of just 13 episodes in 2004. Then they had a special, 2000, December 2004. Then there was season two, 2006. Season three, 2008. Season four, 2009. Then a special in 2011, a special in 2012. It came back for eight episodes in 2013. Then another special... And then it went away for another three years, uh, a special in 2015. When it came back in 2016 for season six. And then 2018 was season seven. And now we have the movie this year. So <laughs> it's had a weird history uh, when, it, when it comes to, you know, um, you know, delivery of stuff. So that's the great thing about having stuff on, on video is you get to have it like, you know, you don't have to wait all the gaps that originally you had to when this aired. The extras on this are weird. Uh, there is commentary, though, on practically all the episodes. He kind of did a Simpsons thing, which I appreciate. Not enough shows do commentary. So you can watch almost, I think, practically every episode with commentary if, if you want to. So that's cool. Some of the featurettes, though, are odd. There's one uh, in the early seasons where you have the... the characters the actors that did the voices doing the voices dressed up as the characters doing the voices talking about a movie th that didn't exist at the time <laughs> it, it's it's really odd uh the voice cast is, is really good you you know you have uh, uh you have uh good old patrick warburton as doc sam as uh, brock samson Formerly The Tick, formerly Putty in Seinfeld. So that's cool. Clancy Brown shows up near the end of the run as Red Death. And <laughs> Clancy, man. Oh, he is just a treat. So you have him in it. And, and a lot of guests, a lot of guest star voices in this as well. There is one character who's Jonah, Jonas Venture Jr., who was a weird spawn of the dock. They bring him out early in the run of the show. But for the most part... Of, of of the after he's introduced, they kind of pretend he's not around or he's going to off somewhere else. And then they just kind of get rid of him near the end of the run of the show. And it's like, man, talk about an underused character. I don't know why they didn't use him a lot, but that is their choice. So it is what it is. It, 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 there is a reason why it was run on Adult Swim. So keep that in mind. This is not a show, an animated show for kids. And just because there are kid characters in it, 
I caution you, much of the material, much of the adult of uh, language is adult. So keep that in mind. And the way they ended the seventh season doesn't surprise me they they had to move. Because the seventh season ended in a way that I think they thought they were going to get an eighth. So it ended on a bit of a cliffhanger. And at least the movie helps resolve that. Packaging-wise, it's a nice cardboard slipcover. I do like that. And inside, uh, all the um, 14 discs are on the, um, on the you know, where they clump them together. So you have two per each side. So that's good. They're not all stacked because, you know, I hate that. You do get a booklet. It isn't much. It's just, you know, a four-page with the middle kind of flapping opening thing. That does give you uh, uh, the title names of each of the episodes, season by season, on which disc. So you can go, oh, okay, season one had these episodes. So if you're looking for a specific episode, you can kind of figure that out that way. And it also gives you the um, the special features that were included with each of the seasons. No description of the episodes, no date on when each of these aired. That would have been cool, but it is what it is. When it comes to the show, if you're a fan of the show, if you've enjoyed the show, like for the past few years, definitely pick this up. I, I seriously doubt there'll ever be a Blu-ray release. Probably not. So this is your best bet for getting that. And, and now... And, 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 you know, it's it's a fun show. And in one of these shows, I'll probably, you know, go back and watch it again some other time when I have time just to revisit it. Now, <laughs> along with that, of course, and as I said, this is a bit of a trend. The, uh, there's also been released the new Ventures Brothers movie, which is Radiant is Blood of the Baboon Heart. And and this is kind of like, and, and they said this in the extras, this is kind of like what the eighth season would have been, but they had to condense all that into an hour and a bit movie, right? You know, the, the, the ideas they kind of had for a possible eight season and put them into this. And and it's a nice, it's a nice follow-up to the end of the seventh season because the end of that seventh season ended up with a big, like, what's going on here? And, and this movie does do a good job of, of kind of wrapping it up that way and, and tying up some loose ends. And, and it's the same humor. It looks really good on Blu-ray on my 4K set. That is probably the prettiest this show has ever looked. And so that's cool. So for And it's one of these movies that, and you know, unless you watched the previous seasons, there's a lot of references you're not going to get. I mentioned this right with the Aqua Teen Hunger Force movie. It's like, okay, I, I probably would have enjoyed that movie if I had seen all the episodes of that show previously because there are a lot of references I just kind of missed. But with this one, yeah, this was like, okay, we're just, it's picking up where the last one left off, so I got references more. So, for those of you out there, if you're, if you, if, if you haven't watched the whole run of the previous season and you just get the movie, it's a lot of things you're going to be a little confused about and you may not, I don't know if it a little, doesn't really sum it up too much so just keep that in mind oh and also with the tv show lots of deleted extended scenes for each of the seasons they, they, they left doing that going back to the movie uh besides you know the feature film you do get a uh, some interesting extras one of them is hodgman and friends this is a a i think it was meant to be a fake talk show but because they never showed the audience but it sounds like they maybe did tape for an audience where where the the two you know creators of the show public and hammer they come on this kind of 
talk show and talk about just, you know, making Venture Brothers in the movie and things of that. It's very tongue-in-cheek in a way. It's filmed in a way, the way it looks like you'd be watching it on an old uh, CRTC monitor. Uh, you do get creator commentary and Jack uh, Jackson and Doc answer fan questions. Questions. Now, this is interesting with the commentary. You know, Rambo's I've said for ages that a lot of you know things are missing commentary these days. And and this movie not only has like you know a general commentary with the two were Hammer and, and Public kind of watch the movie and reminisce about it. There's that track, but here's the bonus. Not just that track. You think, well, that's pretty good. Cool. I'm happy with that. No. Those two recorded a separate additional track of them together. And what they're doing in that one is just answering fan questions. So they went on, I guess, previously sometime and, and did a poll of fans as a show and collected a whole bunch of questions. So the second audio track is commentary of them going through all the questions and answering them as the movie is running. So that's cool. So that's like a twofer. And that, and that, that's kind of neat to see, you know, especially a long running show. There's always questions. People always want to know this, that, and the other. And it's cool to the extra effort because, you know, most people say, ah, we've done one commentary. Bow on you. We don't need to do another. And <laughs> it's like, oh, no, no, we're going to do an extra just because we can because we just want to answer all these questions that people ask us. So when people ask questions and say, just listen to the commentary in the Blu-ray. This movie is rated R for, you know, language, sexual references, bloody images, and some brief full nudity, but it's it's maybe not the character you wanted to see again that way, but hey, it is what it is. So, just like the TV show, even though it's animated, I wouldn't want to watch around kids, just to be, it's just, it's almost good up to that point, you're like, okay, where's this, oh, here's where the animated nudity is, you're like, ah, okay, get that joke in. Overall, if you're a fan of the Venture Brothers TV show, this movie is definitely one to pick up. I mean, it really kind of ties things up. The animation looks terrific in 4K. I'd love to see a 4K version of this. And and it does kind of end the show on an interesting note. Not as big cliffhanger. When the um, creators were asked if there would be more, they didn't say completely no. So you just never know in another two, three years, whatever, Maybe the, the adventures will continue. Hard to say. Also, there are some, um, some interesting references um, in Dimension when it comes to the TV show. Uh, they, they so make fun of the Fantastic Four. They, they have, he's Mr. Impossible. So he still has the stretchy powers. But Sue Storm, instead of turning herself invisible, and it's, it's, it's not Sue, it's, Sally or some other name. They, they slightly change the first names. Uh, and then instead of turning her, her, her whole, herself invisible, all she turns invisible is her skin, her epidermis. So when she when her power activates, you're just seeing the layer of herself under her skin. It's all the blood vessels and stuff. <laughs> that's the extent of her power. The the uh, Then there's a character that's supposed to be the thing, but he just likes a giant pus, and he's really stupid. And then there's a character in this movie, uh, or in this universe, that's supposed to be Johnny Storm, but, yeah, he, he becomes on fire, but he's constantly in pain because he's on fire. <laughs> it's not like, flame on and, and just take off. It's like, ow, I'm burning, ow, I'm burning, ow, I'm burning, until he calms down, just, he's not burning anymore. 
Although they did have a really nice animated version of the Fantasticar. Although they called it the Impossible Mobile. So, yeah, lots of tongue-in-cheek references to to villains across DC and Marvel and and beyond that. Lots of things are like, oh, so if you're a prop refer- a pop culture um, if you, you know, references person, this this show is definitely a show for you. One other extra I did want to mention when it comes to the movie, before we wrap up the review of the movie, they, they do include an exclusive poster. Much like the Rick and Morty stuff, you do get a nice fold-out poster of the cover of the Blu-ray. So if, if you want something to put up in your wall, you can totally do that, unfold it up. If you just want to keep it folded and start with the movie, you can do it. If it's right, pulls up within the size of the, of the slip cover, so no problems there. But that's kind of cool. So if you're really impressed, like the cover, want a bigger version of it in the poster, ba-bam, they provide that for you. So that is my take of both the Venture Brothers, the complete series on DVD, and the Venture Brothers, Radiant is the Blood of the Baboon Hearts on Blu-ray. Courtesy of the great folks So Warner Brothers Pictures Home Entertainment. There's a man who leads a life of danger To everyone he meets he stays a stranger With every move he makes Another chance he takes Odds are he won't live to see Tomorrow a stranger Whoa, with every move he makes another chance he takes odds are he won't live to see tomorrow secret agent man secret agent man well they've given you a number taking away your name Faces that you find I said a pretty face can hide An evil mind Whoa, be careful what you say Will you give yourself away And the odds are you won't live to see tomorrow Secret agent man Secret agent man They've given you a number Taking away your name
episode is Vacation. Courtesy of Warner Brothers Pictures Home Entertainment. Warner Brothers Pictures sent me a copy of this movie to review for this podcast. The opinions I express are my own. Now, this is the second 4K vacation movie I've reviewed on the program. Of course, the first National Lampoon's Vacation movie was released back in 1983. That's what we're talking about today. And then, of course, that spawned numerous sequels. We had European Vacation in 1985, Vegas Vacation in 1997, and then before that was the National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation back in 1989. So you had four vacation movies, all starring Chevy Chase and Barry D'Angelo, and that crazy, crazy family. <laughs> and and I don't know, it's something about these movies. And and the, 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 the theme song is still very catchy to this day. I, I To me, I mean, it's one of those just kind of timeless theme songs. Of course, in this, you have Chevy Chase as Girl Clark Griswold and Brother Angel as Ellen. You have Randy Quaid as Cousin Eddie. And then you have Anthony Michael Hall as Rusty Griswold. Yeah, Rusty. And then you have Dana Barron as Audrey. So there's your main kind of uh, members. Also in this one, you have Imogene Coca as Aunt Edna, which... Very interesting role. The, the the premise of this, of course, is that Clark wants to take his family on vacation. He's you know he's a working guy, doesn't spend a lot of time with his family, so he wants to take them on this big long trip to Wally World, which is a total rip on Disney, where it's this big theme park themed around a moose <laughs> that, that they're all trying to go across country to. They're trying to leave their home and then travel all the way across America to to get to this theme park. I think it's from Chicago all the way to the West Coast. And it, they are traveling like two, over, over 2,000 miles. And at the start of this movie, the, you know, the character of Billy D'Angelo, she's like, you know, we could just fly there and be there in a few hours as opposed to days. But Clark's like, no, 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 you know, it, that's just a short little trip. I want to enjoy a nice trip across the country with the family, spend some time with the family. And that's what... <laughs> As you watch this movie, you go, you know, it all can be avoided if you just flow. Because that kind of starts this on, on one of the wildest road trips you've ever seen. And even at the start, like, Clark goes to the dealership, and you have a nice uh, cameo here by good old um, Eugene Levy, to, to get a new car. And, and he's like, oh, I want this model. And they're like, uh, nope, we, <laughs> we give you this one. And, 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 and what was it? It's like, just drive it. And, and you, you'll grow to hate it, or something. <laughs> some line, and and that that this sets the stage. I was like, well, maybe this is a sign, but no. Clark is determined, so they head across America to do it along the way. This is cousin Eddie, 
and pick up uh, good old uh, and Edna. And it's just a, a fun little romp across America. Now, keep in mind, Ramblers, this movie is rated R. Uh, <laughs> and you're thinking, okay, there's some foul language in this, you know, maybe. No. Uh, well, partly that, and partly because of female nudity. Yeah, I, I, I hadn't, either I hadn't seen this movie in a long time, or I've never seen it totally through. But I forgot that, boy, uh, yeah, it's rated R for a reason, because not only does Beverly D'Angelo do a bit of a scene, Christy Brinkley, <laughs> which introduced her, this is like the movie that introduced her, has quite a scene too, and I'm like, I had totally forgotten about that. So this is another movie that, yeah, if you have kids around, and other that like there's kids in it, but you know, yeah, there's gonna be that one movie's two or three instances where that's gonna be shown, and yeah, so so keep that in mind. It's like, oh well, okay, there is, and I totally forgot about that. So yeah, I mean, it, it's if you liked, I mean, this this family, I mean, Chevy Chase plays such a guy who's so determined. <laughs> to do something, even when, like, you know, things just keep going wrong and wrong and wrong. And there's one scene, and Edna has a dog, right, <laughs> that totally hates Clark. Like, and and something happens to the dog, all right? Now, if, if you're a dog lover, and then you realize what happened to it, it's like, ooh, that's a little harsh. <laughs> so... So keep that in mind. They 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 clearly hint that not everything goes well for Aunt Edna's dog in this movie. Just like the poor cat in Christmas Vacation. I haven't watched the other two, Vegas and European, uh, in a while. So I don't know if other animals had grisly fates. I don't know if this was a trend in the movies. I'll have to wait and see. Uh, for 4K translation, I mean, this is as best as this movie's going to look. I swear. I mean, this is as pretty as it's going to look. It looks really good for like over like 40-year-old movie now. But it, it, it's as nice as it's going to look. And, and it's nice, you know, it's, it's a bit of grain, but it looked pretty good. You do get commentary, and this is cool. You get commentary by Hal Ramis, Chevy Chase, Randy Quaid, Anthony Michael Hall, Dana Barron, and Maddie Simmons. So that's, considering that Harold Ramis is no longer in this world, uh, which is a shame, that's a great commentary. Uh, there's no, that's the only extra. I would have loved to feature at some kind of retrospective, you know, look back in it, but no. <laughs> Sadly, you know, you just don't have that in this, and that's a crying shame. Because, you know, he, he uh, directed this movie as well, and it was written by John Hughes. And you can kind of tell it's a John Hughes movie. So at least you get some commentary by Harold when it was still live. They obviously recorded a few years ago, but I'm glad at least it's included. But a nice retrospective would have been cool. If you're going to put this out on Blu-ray on 4K after 40 years, that's one thing that was kind of missing. And I thought that is a shame. Now, keep in mind that the... Um, that the... Uh, that the... Uh, that the, the commentary is good and definitely worth listening to. I just thought for 40K, 40th release, 40K, 4K, 40th release, it should have been more to it, more meat in the bone for that. And it just makes me think that somewhere down the road, 
the holiday road, there may be another edition of this. What they might do, here's a prediction. What they might do is package all four of these together. And I have seen all four vacation movies packaged together on like DVD or they cheap. They might one day bring them all out in 4K, repackaged with with updated extras. That's my prediction, Ramblers. I'm calling it now in the summer of 2023. Wouldn't surprise me, especially come on Christmas time. They don't have the vacation movie complete collection on 4K with a buttload of new extras right there for the holiday season. Just I'm calling it now. We'll see if that happens. But, you know, if, if you want to uh, get caught up on uh, a classical movie, this is definitely worth looking at. John Candy has a brief but memorable role in near the end of the movie. It's a shame they give him more. But it's it's just great to see John when he was young. And and, it, and it, he works really well in the part. So that is my take of National Lampoon's Vacation on 4K. Courtesy of the great folks at Warner Brothers Pictures Home Entertainment. review for this episode is the Super Mario Brothers movie, courtesy of Universal Pictures Home Entertainment. Now, of course, this isn't the first Super Mario Brothers movie that came out. Oh, no. Going way back to 1993, there was another Super Mario Brothers movie that came out, and that started good old Bob Hoskins as Mario and John Leguizamo as Luigi. And, you know, that was a live-action adaptation. When I actually went and saw the theater, 
almost many years ago. And then in kind of preparation for this movie, I went back and watched that movie. And not a lot of people liked it. You know, IMDb rates it a 4.1 at the time of this recording. And that's kind of low. Yes, they took some liberties. But, you know, Dennis Hopper was terrific as the villain. And, and yeah, there were some things in it, you know, that they had fun with. But I, I to this day, I still love the soundtrack for that movie. So pretty cool. And the, uh, musical sequence sort of sliding down on the mattress. I still think that's a cool track. So that's that. And so they really hadn't done anything since then. You know, I've been a lot of like Mario Brothers, you know, animated TV shows and oh, a potload of games, man. They should be under a rock. You know who Mario is. So when they announced this movie, I thought, cool. You know, I'm ready to see a 3D animated Super Mario Brothers movie. Because, you know, we got technology, let's do it. And lately, my wife has been, like, huge in the Mario Kart uh, for the Switch. And so, you know, I thought, yeah, that's cool. I, I'm re-immersing myself in the world of Mario. So why not catch a movie? <laughs> so I was really looking forward to this. And, you know, one of the things about the Mario... Sorry, right? One of the kind of constants about Mario... You know, in all the years of all the games, is that Mario and Luigi are always trying to rescue Peach, right? Peach always gets kidnapped by Bowser, and then they got to rescue her, right? That's always been the premise of a Super Mario Brothers movie, uh, uh, like the myth and the lore, right? That's always been that. Am I wrong, Ramblers? I don't think I am. <laughs> and so, what this movie does <laughs> is it takes that premise and goes. No, uh, we're not going to do that. What I find interesting is if you read the description on IMDb, it says, A plumber named Mario travels through an underground labyrinth with his brother Luigi trying to save a captured princess. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's not this movie. The description should read in IMDb, A plumber named Mario travels through an underground labyrinth with a princess to save his brother Luigi. Because in this movie, and I'm going to get a little slight spoilers here, okay? Because I need to make a point. You know, normally, Ramblers, I'm spoiler-free. If you haven't seen the movie, maybe watch it, come back, if you're super sensitive <laughs> about this. But I have to make this point, all right? It's a small point, but I have to make this. So, so that's... So in, in the film... You get, you know, a good first few minutes uh, of them establishing, you know, their family and the real world and how they, they're struggling plumbers just trying to make their way and their family thinks they're a bit of a joke. And then about 26 minutes in, they discover the portal to the Mushroom Kingdom and, you know, Luigi gets into, I mean, uh, Mario gets into the nice Mushroom Kingdom, but poor Luigi, who has not the good luck, he, <laughs> instead of traveling with Mario... His little Tubi takes the wrong path and he goes into the land of Bowser and gets captured practically right away. Like, psh. and so for 90% of this movie, Matt, Luigi is captured. He's in a cage, suspended above lava, and, and he's practically useless until the end of the film. So, so, so Mario ends up uh, hooking up with the princess. Uh, Mario in this movie is played by good old Chris Pratt. And the princess is voiced by Anna Taylor-Joy. Now, much like the culture these days, I, you know, 
in a lot of stuff, in a lot of media, women cannot be seen as weak in any way, shape, or form. It's just, there's, there's, that can't exist anymore. And anyway, even if you want to keep true to a source, so this princess, yes, she's pink, yes, she's sassy, but she's the leader of a rebellion. <laughs> she doesn't get captured in this movie at all. Really? <laughs> and, and it's mostly her trying to train Mario to rescue his brother, who's captured in the film. <laughs> and 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 there's like there's like a test, there's like a trial that that he has to Mario has to try out, which is basically like a level in one of the Mario games. And 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 go princess, she goes. Boop, doop, 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 gets through it like, like that. Mario tries it and fails repeatedly to complete it until he finally does enough to get it. And they're sitting down talking, and he goes, Oh, you know, you probably didn't pass it the first time. And she goes, No, I didn't. And he says, Like, are you really mean that? And she goes, No, nah, no, I'm joking. I really did pass it the first time because I'm that good. <laughs> it's like, Come on. So throughout this movie, Mario. Looks like a wuss. They don't really become super, I'm air quoting this, until like the very end of the movie. And then it's like, hey, they're working together. Hey, that's kind of cool. Uh, Luigi's played by Charlie Day. Jack Black is Bowser. This is a really good Bowser. I like his Bowser. It's, it's enough menacing, but kind of funny. You have Keegan-Michael Key as Toad in this one, and he's kind of like the comic relief of it. Toad is just... <laughs> Toad's loud attitude. So that's kind of the movie in a nutshell. It's basically um, them trying to just thwart Bowser throughout it. There are many references to many things to Nintendo. Uh, I, I remember when this first came out in theaters, a lot, there's a lot of mixed reviews about this. People who had never played a Super Mario Brothers games, like a very famous female reviewer that is on YouTube, she reviewed this and dumped on it big time. Couldn't understand a lot of the references, couldn't understand why Mario was wearing a cat suit. And her review was totally off. And it sounded like somebody who had never played the game whatsoever. And yeah, uh, as if you've never played any kind of Mario game whatsoever in any form, any form, any form, then this movie is going to be confusing as heck, and you probably won't like it. But for somebody who's you know anybody who's been a fan of the Mario franchise and played it, yeah, I, I think for the most part you're going to enjoy it except for the whole part of making uh, Mario look weak. That, that I don't get. That, I just, it's like, why? Why do you got to make him, why can't he just be, like, why do you got to depower him a little bit? And and that's, I don't understand. There is a really cool sequence, though, with Mario Kart <laughs> racing the good old Rainbow Ridge. I wish they could expand it on that more, but it was nice to see, you know, that from that game translated into some action. It's a short part of the movie. I think it can be expanded more. Because I was talking with this with, with my wife. And if they want to do a sequel, here's my idea. I'm going to throw it out here. Y'all can use it if you want Nintendo Universal. If you want to do a sequel to this movie, right? <laughs> Take that Mario Kart premise, right? And then say, here, here's how you write it. 
some mysterious force, blah, 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 whatever, from when we won the games, maybe, comes into the Mushroom Kingdom, threatens everybody, and says, and then the way, only way they can defeat him is that they have one big cup race, and winner takes all. And then all the characters got to get in the carts, and whoever wins this race rules the Mushroom Kingdom. And then you you base the carts, the, the tracks on from the Super Mario Kart games, bring in the characters, make the whole movie around that. That would be cool. Now, they did tease a character at the end of this movie that we briefly saw in the background during this movie for a possible sequel. We'll see if, if they go with that. But it's... I don't know how they're going to make that into a whole film, but, you know, it is what it is. The voice acting is... Is good. I, it's it's funny with Peach, right? No, you know, I, I don't necessarily like. Oh, I wanted to be this caring little girl character, and I get why they're trying to make an updated version. But you, you know, if I'm wrong, Ramblers, correct me. If I'm wrong, tell me a movie or a game of Mario where Peach was the hero, and and she had this kind of character that she displays in the movie. If, if, if there's a game I missed, I haven't played, whatever, tell me. Because it 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 seemed like the roles got switched around. And poor Luigi, I didn't get a much to do. I can imagine when they approach Charlie Day, it's like, uh, yeah, you're going to be Luigi, but for a good chunk of the movie, you're just going to be trapped in a cage above lava. You're not really going to do a heck of a lot. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> so I know that was the thing. It is fun, though. I mean, it gorgeous. It looks really great on a 4K set, even just, you know, regular Blu-ray. But bonus is you get setting to know the cast. So a nice little cast featurette, leveling up the making of Super Mario Bros. movie. And the Super Mario Bros. field guide, so just a little guide into the characters. Uh, the Peaches, 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 Peaches <laughs> lyric video. Uh, uh, and then leadership lessons from Anna Taylor-Joy, who, of course, is the voice of Peach in this movie. So that that is the extras. I, what I find, though, with the um, with the featurettes, and maybe I'm wrong, but I don't remember seeing, like, they interviewed a lot of the voice actors, which I like to see. I mean, if Santa made a feature, I, you know, I want to hear from the voice actors, not just as directors and producers, whatever. I believe they viewed almost all the voice actors, but I don't think the voice of Kemic was ever talked to. Like he just was left out. And and I do believe there was the voice, the original, hey, it's a Mario voice actor, did a little cameo in it, but they didn't talk to him. Oh, and another uh, somebody voice this was is Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. And normally, you know, <laughs> Seth Rogen is one of those actors that a lot of parts I just don't really... I don't think he's funny. He's a big goofball, which is somehow famous in Hollywood. I don't know how. And and he's tolerable as Donkey Kong. I just personally can't stand his... <laughs> laugh. Oh, it's just not appealing. Um. So, ah, yeah, so no... So, yeah, so the like Scott Menville, like the Koopa General, you don't hear him, and I don't think Kemic was ever brought on those little featurettes. So it's I always find it funny in featurettes when um, when when certain people come on camera and other people don't. Like yeah, like Kevin Michael Richardson, he didn't appear in those featurettes at all. So it's like he's kind of a major character, 
Ah, yeah, they go. Oh, and, and if you spot it, John DiMaggio did a little bit of voice where it could all bender as Uncle Arthur in this. So if you're a big Mario fan, you're going to enjoy it. Uh, is it a, a good kids movie? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, there's no poo-poo, you know, bat toilet humor kind of jokes in it, which is good because you know Rambler's like, hey, that stuff in a kid's film. Uh, it's just, I don't know, it's just, it's this whole, I mean, it's safe enough for kids. I just, I wish Luigi had got a better part. That's all. So that is my take of the Super Mario Brothers movie on Blu-ray. Courtesy of the great folks at Universal Pictures Home Entertainment. things after this episode of the show. Hope you all enjoyed it. As always, you can touch me in a number of ways. You can always check me out on Twitter. I'm at Rambling Russ, at R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G-R-U-S-S. Tweet me, I'll tweet you back and I appreciate all the followers and people like and retweet my stuff. And if you follow me, I'll follow you on Twitter or X now, but it'll always be Twitter to me. You can rename it all you want, Elon Musk. Of course, you can check out all the episodes right here in Talk Show Network. I'm caller ID 18411. And, of course, new episodes also appear on Google Play and Spotify. And many other directories across the world wide. Like directories across the world wide web. If you want to take a blast to the past, fast, and check out some of my older shows, you can check out my original home on Libsyn. That's HTTP, full colon, backslash, backslash, Ramley Russ, R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G-R-U-S-S, dot Libsyn, that's dot L-I-B-S, as in Sierra, Y as in Yankee, and as November.com. That's original home on the internet, where I have over six-plus years of podcasting goodness. Right up to 2006, right up until about 2013 or so. Lots of great old uh, review coverage, convention coverage from my days at Fan Expo and Polaris, and lots of really cool interviews and reviews if you want to check them out there. And also in iTunes under podcasts, just like in iTunes, you can find them there. And many other directories across the World Wide Web from my older episodes, too. Coming up on the show, got lots to talk about in upcoming episodes. I'm making my way through season one of The Last of Us, the complete first season on Blu-ray, courtesy of Warner Brothers Pictures Home Entertainment, as well as Justice League War World on 4K. And I also got copies of the 4K versions of East of Eden, another James Dean classic, and in the in a Western, Rio Bravo, starring John Wayne, Dean Martin, and Ricky Nelson. That is all coming up in a future review of the show. Also, I did get a screener link for a brand new uh, movie from the nice folks at uh, WellGo USA Entertainment called Apuria. So I'll have that review for you soon. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make my way through. Uh, I got through partly through it. I'm going to try to make my way through the rest of the Secret Invasion show that is airing. Uh, just to give you my take on it and what I think of the, the interesting changes this show has to the MCU. Because after the show finishes, there are certain things about the MCU that you're going like, wait a minute, i got to rewatch some stuff. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, hopefully in the next show, I, I got through like half of that six run. i got to get through the rest of it. Because it's very interesting. And I keep seeing like, ending explained YouTube videos. And like, stop spraying things. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> Speaking of YouTube, I am, and I know I keep saying this, Ramblers, I, I'm getting closer and closer every day to getting this done. I have so much film. Uh, I'm getting close to getting my YouTube channel want, launched, the Ramble Russell Video Vault. Uh, just really soon. I just gotta, I gotta, this is time. Um, 
time is my enemy. I am going to hopefully get together the first set of reviews very soon, get those up on the internet. When I do, I will post uh, a link for that on Twitter slash X as soon as it's ready. And then I hope you guys check it out. It's something I want to try new to expand the audience of the show and give you some content I don't normally talk about here because it's more visual than it is audio and and see what you guys like about it. And in and, and regards to that content, if you guys are in the market for any new like action figures and things of pop culture nature, check out my check out uh, the Entertainment Earth on, and use my code RAMRUS10. That's R-A-M-RUS. 10, 10. You can save 10% off of that website. And any orders of $59 or more US ship free within the US. So you take, take advantage of that. If you use that affiliate code, that'll help me and help out the show. I don't ask for much here. I don't have Patreon. I don't have Discord. I don't use any other way to make money. Uh, so that'd be cool if you could help me out there. And if you want to help out the show more, you can also check out my Amazon wish list where I have a bunch of things there that anything that's selected off that wish list. I will review on the show. Many of the things, which probably will make it, if you, uh, things I put up there, make it to the new YouTube channel. And if I would control my content, it's a way to do it. I have lots of different items. I try to keep it updated on a fairly irregular basis. And it's pick what you can afford. And if you want to be anonymous, you can. But if you don't, and I will gladly credit that you are the one that selected this for me to talk about. So that's there for you. I did put a link in, uh, in in Twitter quite a long back, and if you look in my show notes on TalkShoe, the H URL for that is there, so I hope you check that out, too. That is it for me. As summer is winding down, I, I thank you guys for listening. Uh, you know, you guys are the ones that keep me going all these years, and I do appreciate every single one of you. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs>